Welcome back. It's a new season of the Red River Horror Podcast. We're at episode number 103 with special guests from the Preston and Steve show, Steve Morrison. Thank you so much. Steve, welcome back. We're so happy to have you here. I enjoyed the first time a lot. You guys are the real deal. You know, like-minded horror folk are, uh, you know, we we come out of the shadows when we uh, smell the uh, spore of our brothers and sisters. Yeah. And uh, we we always enjoy uh, getting geeky and loving this stuff. So, and I would hazard to say that we're actually in a pretty good swing as far as horror movies go. So what better time to talk to you guys again? Yeah, and not even like in a good swing of horror movies, even like, horror events so over the valentine's day weekend yeah penhurst opening up for doing a haunted house special um i'm drawing a blank at the place in manioc it used to be mad river oh yeah yeah it's uh it's the uh, with the with the faux um subterranean um the murder under the yeah it's it's great that they do that i love i love the notion of the year-round haunted attraction you know and uh, I and they I think they go for a long time. Are they are they open now? I I, I believe they are. Right. They just I, did a seasonal. They did like a two weekend spot for Valentine's Day for like a yeah. my bloody Valentine themed haunted house. I love that. I love uh, that. Yeah. I, a year round would be great. The only place I know that does a year round is up in the Can- Canadian side of Niagara Falls. As some well. Even if you duck in and out periodically and just have, you know, a, a couple of seasonal things, obviously our, our time is Halloween and, and, and around yeah. that. But I think even the, uh, I mean, we're, we are in a good area here. We have, you know, you have the base motel, you have Eastern State Penitentiary, you have Penhurst. I mean, <laughs> years ago when Eastern State Penitentiary first started doing, we were at um, uh, Y100 and uh here in philadelphia and um they had us come over and walk through it and, I, and they you know, you know i come in there as a massive horror fan mm. and what they had was like akin to cirque du soleil and i'm like i'm walking around and i'm saying you've got a freaking prison it's oozing desperation stick a demon in one of the cells stick a stick a crazy killer down this hallway and then uh they they adapted and then they they went off and running and it it's been phenomenal ever since yeah, and it's it's evolved over time, and it's getting like now it's broken up into more sections than it used to be, where it used yeah. to kind of be more linear, and now you can really take your time uh, getting through the different sections of it. So I mean, it's it's great. I love it. Yeah, it, it's uh, so we have a lot. We uh, you know, there's uh, we used to do uh, we called the cream and the scream, where we do every one. I do every one of them every year. You know, uh, I mean, go at, at, least, at least not every one, but like six of them. Uh, and take listeners, and it was great. And I mean, I, I, uh, I you know, I, I never. <laughs> I think you guys would agree as as horror fans. You you go through and you you appreciate it. I'm not I'm not screaming. I'm not record. I, actually, if someone rounds a corner and sees me, they're going to be <laughs> terrified. Uh, you know, uh, and more often was the case that I would terrify this the 17 year old who got the job dressed up as Jason coming around the corner. Uh, but um, I, I mean, we have a lot of good. Creamy Acres uh, in uh, uh, Jersey has like this incredible pyrotechnic thing and, and zombie paintball and all that stuff. It's great. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's my time. Halloween. I'm sure you guys are the same, correct? Absolutely. I am. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> no, Steve, it's 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 a feeling. It's it's like the ambiance of the season. There's it, it's. There's something to the season itself, like October for me, and and I'm I know there's a lot of big Christmas fans out there. I am as well. 
Um, but Halloween for me, it like starts at my wife's birthday, which is at the yeah. end of August, and it just goes through. And honestly, by the time I get to October 31st, I feel good going into November. I feel good. I'm just like, you know what? I am ready for the page to turn because I've done so, so much leading up to it. No, you're you're spot on. So it's the exact same schedule for me. So I am I am prepping for I do a massive Halloween display here at the house. I have this an 1880 Victorian farmhouse up on a hill at the end of the block. So it's elevated. It's at a stop sign, you know, on an intersection. So cars stop. And I I do, I I, I should have had the, the pictures at the ready, but, um, you know, fans of the show and, and, and just in general in the neighborhood. So we're talking about those, those different haunted, uh, you know, Bates Motel and all that stuff. So I buy my stuff through the places that sell to them. <laughs> and so I, and now mind you, I'm not like, I'm not going to end up on any ABC competition show for best Halloween setup, uh, but I got some serious. I've got some serious horror stuff, and I light it up. And uh, when I tell you, when I was a kid, I used to love the house in the neighborhood, the houses that would do anything, you know, with the, with the really sell it, really get into it. And so I love that. So every house I've ever been at, I, I do it up because I find the kids love it. We have a little girl next door, and I mean, I've got eviscerated bodies and the, you know, with lights on them and, and I have demons and I have, you know, a, a, a grim, I mean like a really demonic grim reaper and all this stuff lit up underlit heads, all that stuff. And she loved the kids love it. I mean, they, it looked like some sort of bizarre kid studio 54 this Halloween you know, with kids lining up to get the candy and they, the cars pull up in front and the people get out. And I love doing that for the neighborhood. They love it. And then I leave the same um, extension cords run, and suddenly the eviscerated corpse is a Christmas elf. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just switch it out with the same sort of lighting pattern. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is wonderful. Were you guys always, um, I mean, horror fans as children, or did you grow into it? So, I mean, you talk about like the king of Halloween, Eddie's house was like a staple <laughs> in, when we grew up in Andorra. His dad always went all out. So, Love it. You, you didn't just get to grab a piece of candy. You were going to get scared in the process. So you always had something, something set up. And one time he had like a wireless microphone and he had like this mannequin. I thought it was him, but he had like an amp <laughs> under it and he's talking to me. I'm just like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And then Eddie, I think this was Ed's uncle pops out of somewhere with like a chainsaw. Like, <laughs> I just get like, and I, I just bolted. <laughs> it's the, so, it's the best. I mean, I love that you guys did that. Cause I, I used <laughs> I had a pump with a long hose running from uh, inside the house. We had, you'd have to walk through two hedges to get past the door, out to the driveway and back out to the street. And as the kids would <laughs> would walk, now as a kid, I, I mean, this, this is probably <laughs> something that would be terrifying most people, but it made sense because I was a crazy kid. I put bow, you know, caro syrup, syrup of blood Mm -hmm. in the in the in a container and they'd walk through and I'd spray them so by the, by the time they got to the door there'd be blood on their on their the mind you if it was a, if it was a little raggedy and and andy I you know I wouldn't do that I don't want to send the kid into you know therapy for the rest of their lives but all of that stuff they'd laugh they'd look down it'd be fun and and carrying on that tradition um you know is awesome it was that that big thrill of setting up something people come by and they say you know we we never miss your house or we're going to you know those kids will go up and they'll grow up and they'll remember this house. And, uh, 
it, it's a, you know, it's a gift to, uh, to the neighborhood. And, and as it's setting up, as I'm setting it up, people drive by and, you know, fist pump and, and they look forward to it. And it, it's a small thing, but I mean, you know, uh, people who get it and get the thrill of this, um, oh, yeah. you know, there's nothing better. No. And that's, no, that's I, the thing. It was, um, Joe, it's so funny you bring that up because that's what we always just called it the haunted house when I was a kid. So it was like <laughs> it was just our porch and we'd have a strobe light going. He rigged up um, like the two like Frankenstein ears looking things where the 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 electric thing goes oh, up yeah. like that kind of oh, like yeah. science project type thing. But Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I bought as a kid, I bought the Dick Smith makeup book that was sold in the back of Famous Monsters of Filmland. And um, that was, I mean, so that's how old I am. It's very basic, but I mean, it was like the, like, oh my God. And in the back, you know, he described all these um, Lon Chaney type, <laughs> you know, stuff you found in your kitchen. And then in there, he um, he talks about gelatin, you know, and, and I learned about gelatin and taking gelatin, you, you stir it up in warm water, spread it out on your face. You take the kerosene up the blood, the studio blood. And I was doing like... <laughs> For a 10-year-old kid, I was doing pretty convincing burn makeup on all the other kids in the neighborhood, so much so that my mother got a call <laughs> that, <laughs> that I needed to ratchet that crap back. Um, but I was I was doing some good stuff. I mean, you remember that. I, I don't know. Uh, you guys are probably a bit younger, but whether it be Fangoria or um, yeah. all of that stuff, I mean, you know, this is what you live for as a kid, so... Uh, and here we are today, you know, talking horror movies and, uh, and, 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 and it goes on, you know, it, it's so great too, because with things like, uh, Monster Mania Con and all these other things that occur around here that are just, um, you know, celebrations, what used to be something that was like, uh, yeah, now, even right now, Hollywood is realizing that they're just dropping loads of cash into failing franchises and you get something that comes along that's a low budget, um, you know, like Megan, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 It Follows or a, yeah. a movie that has a relatively low budget. If it hits, uh, it'll make a, a bundle. So now they're all looking at these horror movies and realizing, hey, it may be the purest form of cinema because it's, we if we get creative and write a good script, <laughs> all these crazy concepts that seem alien now, engaging characters, you know, forget whatever the peripheral stuff says, forget whatever the, 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 the studio execs say and do something that's uh, invented, like smile. Smile's like uh, it follows, but it, it took off. Give people something that'll, you know, get them a little scared, uh, you know, give us some, some solid horror and, uh, you know, uh, people are on board. So it's actually, it's actually I think we're, we talked to Kevin Smith about this. I think this is a... Uh, and he agrees. This this is the next generation. This is the next big surge in in horror appreciation. And um, nothing makes Hollywood appreciate something like a profit. So that's true. I think uh, I think we're moving into that. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I definitely agree with that because like when you have like the stream platforms like Shutter, and you have like if you have uh, what's the one that's free with a ton of great heart Tubi. Oh, yeah. Really good. And there's two. Yeah, there's another good. one. Tons of great stuff on there. Like, what's the other one that is? I love Shutter. I think Shutter is mm -hmm. doing great stuff. Uh, in fact, um, uh, Eddie, we you know you mentioned one of the things to talk about hard directors that that I am um, that I am digging big time. Yes. And one of them is this Demian uh, Rubna, 
I believe I'll help I'm pronouncing that right. He's the Argentinian director. Both his films premiered on Shudder. Uh, Terrified and When Fear Lurks. I don't know if you guys have seen these two movies, but they are some of the most rocking, aggressive, I mean, really thoughtful. Uh, Terrified was on Shudder, and I just happened to, to click it on, and, and I'll give you a little tease without giving it all yeah. away. <laughs> this woman... Again, it's it's in it's in Spanish and and you know, but it's, I don't care about subtitles. It's great. Sure. It's fantastic. This woman is believes she's hearing voices coming out of the drain in her kitchen, and her husband, of course, is, oh my God, what's going on with my wife? And and I I can't believe this is you know this is going on. I love her, and I'm going to try to help her. And she's 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 sure she's hearing this. They go to bed one night. He wakes up and he, he's hearing a slamming, and she's not in bed. And he goes into the bathroom and she is suspended in air going back and forth between the walls, slamming against the walls, being turned into hamburger meat. And he can't stop it. And he is arrested, brought down to the police precinct because they obviously believe he killed his wife. So the interrogators come in, they sit down at the table and the guy starts to go crazy. He's like, I, I, you got to believe me. And the one detective says, we believe you. And he says, we know that there's something going on. And so they go <laughs> I like that. into the town and there's some of the best horror imagery. This guy really understands how to build, how to build. I don't want to give you any other sure. thing in the movie though. I'm dying to no. <laughs> yeah. be terrified. And then when fear lurks, takes the exorcism tropes, turns them on their head. And um, you know, those movies where it just, okay. They're not going to do anything with this little girl. And then they do. And it's, and, but they do oh, it in, no. in ways that are, are like, no one is safe in this movie. And it's just one of those things where if they had only done one thing at the beginning, the, the decimation of everything they love and hold dear in this town, uh, you know, uh, like if you saw The Witch, there are moments in The Witch, for example. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with the movie, The, the Witch? Oh, I, the, yeah. Black Phillip. Yeah, I love Black Phillip. He's, oh my God! The oh man. my God! So, so <laughs> th th there's the scene where where uh, she goes in and 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 it turns out the goat in, is the devil. Oh yeah! <laughs> and he he speaks to her, you know, and, and then that you have that same kind of thing repeated throughout Terrified and when Fear Lurks and wow. those moments that we as horror lovers, yes, I, I think you guys are probably of the same uh, ilk. Uh, that um, give me the build, give me the. Give me those cool moments. Give me that, oh no, because there was a movie I saw on Hulu, and I'm, forgive me for prattling on. No, that's okay. No, no one will save you. Did you guys see yeah. that on Hulu? How about that? I didn't Holy. see that one yet. <laughs> so, so, so take, helpless the entire time. Take Signs. Yeah. Take the ending of Signs. And so I got to tell you, Eddie, I'm watching this movie, a woman in a house, farmhouse, and the aliens are, are have break into the house. I'm 80% through this movie before I realize there's no dialogue. You're not hearing. I, I mean, that's how compelling the direction is, how the performance of this girl is, this, this young woman. And the, the scenario is just built so brilliantly. Uh, and again, it's, it's one of those ones that has an ending that, you know, where you dog looking into a fan kind of thing where you're like, wow, man, uh, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, we got, you know, listen, I'm of a mind that even 
crappy horror is still pretty good. I mean, you, you well, have so, to be so effing lazy in a horror movie to piss me off. So so um, that's, not, not to interrupt you, but that's one delineation yeah. I want to make, because I think I say this to Joe, uh, to you all the time. So, like, when Fear Lurks and Terrified, right? Now, obviously, are the tones... I'll give you an example, okay? So sometimes what I've done is I've come home on a Friday night from work and, you know, it's just like, okay, it's it's Friday night, I want to watch something and then I'll put on, um, I'm trying to think of the other movie on Shudder. Uh, Joe, it has Xander Berkeley in it. It was the, um, oh, the evil crap. I'm forgetting it. But anyway, so, there's, there's so many, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, so then I, we put that on and we're watching it and then it's super depressing. And now it's like, darn it. Like I shouldn't have watched this on a Friday night because I was in the mood for something like Jason lives on a Friday <laughs> right. night. You know what I mean? So, so those two films you mentioned are, are they, uh, you know what, you know, what's another one that depresses me. It comes at night. Like I could probably never watch that it one comes again. At night. So here's the deal. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, but when you when you are seeing a, a director on his game, like this Demian uh, Rugna, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, <laughs> you know, like I just wanted to like, you know, double high five this frigging guy <laughs> because it's like this is exactly what what I'm looking for. Here's a perfect example: Eli Roth did this Thanksgiving. Did you guys see Thanksgiving? Yeah, you had to, had to see Thanksgiving. Right. Thanksgiving is a loving homage. You know, it is absurd and at the same time awesome in in its uh, loving um, approach to um, slasher movies. That's why for me, um, you could put that on and that would satisfy your your Jason, your, your let's just go with it, Terrifier and Terrifier 2. Damien huh. Leone, another guy who is just... If you watched Terrifier, and there was, you know, uh, All Hallows' Eve is where Art the Clown first appears, but he is really, David Howard Thornton took over the role, and uh, in, in the, the second one, this, I literally, and, and uh, <laughs> you're going to think I'm a lunatic, <laughs> I was smiling and tearing up because it is such a loving homage to the splatter movies of the late 80s and 90s, <laughs> um, and it's... Yeah. All practical effects. If they're doing any CGI in it, uh, I can. And in fact, even if it's practical and they look terrible, I mean, the the viscera, the yeah. uh, you know, anything that can be used. I mean, there's a hacksaw split of a, an inverted victim uh, in in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But Art the Clown, that character, and I'm like, haven't haven't we done the clown thing to death? You know, and once you have Pennywise, is there anything more to say? This this guy is so um, mimish and so twisted, and they start to build this character in uh, in Terrifier, and then you realize in Terrifier too, with his actress Laura Levera, that their their world building that this character is yes. something demonic. Uh, Joe, have you seen it? I've seen the Terrifiers, yeah. Yeah, and, and Eddie, have you seen them? I have, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you know you know what I'm talking about. That. So that's she go ahead like a so so that to me is like a friday night movie so the other yeah. two the other two you're saying like that's more um like saturday night exactly <laughs> like, like right because because I, I love i love the slow burn i love the the the, in, the the intensity like like for like it follows is almost a perfect 
movie too. Like I love that movie. It's it's awesome, and why it's awesome, and again, so many of these others that fall in that in that range are um, it it sets up it sets up a dynamic. I mean, that's why in in uh, the the uh, the Shutter film Terrified from uh, Damien Rugnan. I hope again, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing <laughs> the name, but it, it is exactly that. Eddie is yes. is that you're in a house that corner of the kitchen. We all have kitchens. We all have corners in our kitchen. There's something they got effed up in there, right there. I'm looking at it. It's like the scene in The Conjuring when the girls are in bed and she's saying, it's behind the door right there. You know, so you take something we're all familiar with. It's what uh, Preston on our show talks about. You know, that's why he he can't can't watch any of the uh, paranormal activity movies because, you know, it's too much. It's, it's too close it's to home. Too much. Yeah. yeah the, the home or the, uh, something that we're familiar with. The, the genius of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that that first brutal killing takes place in broad daylight yeah. in a hallway. I mean, you know, so anything that 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 does that slight adjusting, um, you know, is is wild. Now, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a perfect Friday movie. Um, yes. You know, a, any of those. The other ones are going to, I know what you're saying, like... Um, no one will save you. And Joey, I, I think you'll agree with this. That leaves you with a slightly, again, dog looking into fan thing like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, wow. Very unique ending that you don't see coming. Really. <laughs> right. But it's it makes it makes I got it. A lot of people were kind yeah. of confused by it. But uh, again, I don't want to give any of uh, of that away. But um, these what we're I think what we're dealing with is a lot of, uh, you know, whether it be uh, Damien Leone or, or, or other. Uh, it's almost like. Um, it's almost like horror is getting whereas Quentin Tarantino was raised on Hong Kong, uh, you know, and black exploitation movies of the seventies and Paul Schrader films, and and we have this whole great series of of Quentin Tarantino films. We're having a lot of horror fans now coming into creative positions in Hollywood and or you know independent film, and I think we're getting a good rush of of terrific oh, yeah. stuff, you know, and all all across. I mean, Jordan Peele, the work he's done has been fantastic. I yeah, know. and I keep thinking when you're talking about directors, and we talked about Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving was like, you know, first that teaser between the Grindhouse double feature. Yeah, and then you know, so that was worth the wait. Then you mentioned Kevin Smith, who owes us one more horror movie for his Great North trilogy, which is Moose Jaws. I, I dig. I, mean, I want to have Moose Jaws. Kevin Smith <laughs> owes me Moose Jaws. Yeah, he's a companion to the uh, the Walrus. Uh, uh, yeah. Justin yeah, Lowe's awards. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Those are disturbing in in the um in the right kind of way, you know. And I think I think he's underappreciated. Well, did you guys see um I'm sure you saw uh God. Uh, uh God, uh I keep wanting to say Berserker, it's not. Um it, it, uh, in uh, subterranean basement uh woman effed up woman. Oh lives. barbarian. 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 Yes. yes. Barbarian is is not a masterpiece, but it does so much right. It does so much right. And it, it again, um, you know, like it follows, for example, leaves you for you to get through it follows, and you're you're left with asking that question, what would I do? What if I'm sometimes you're sitting out in a park and someone seems to be walking towards you? It happens with like purpose is that person walking over to me is that you know and and it follows preys on that 
you know, that that sort of uh, uh, Terminator, Sarah Connor, wherever yeah. you are, this thing is coming towards you and it's going to kill you unless you hump someone and morally do the repugnant thing of passing that on to the next person. I mean, it's it's, it's effing awesome, you know? <laughs> well, did you ever come up? My strategy for if I was in an it follows scenario would be to go to like Thailand, you know, <laughs> prostitute. And right. That's going to guarantee that's going to spread at least like five or 10, 15, 20 more people down the line. No, so and you do have that's, some time. That's the moral thing you think about. I mean, what if what if you were to, um, yeah. uh, you know, but the thing is they build in that little caveat, which is if someone demurs from doing that, it goes backwards. It goes backwards, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, again, you don't need a gimmick like that, but it but it I, I that was so firmly baked into that into it follows. We were talking to M Night Shyamalan, and and he was you know he was blown away by that. Just that 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 um, that creative stuff is is just terrific. You guys saw your next. Yes. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Your again, next is something I appreciated as I watched it more. It, when I first saw it, I I didn't. Not that I didn't get it, like I knew what it was, but I, I, I didn't fully grasp your next uh, on a first watch. I, I wish yeah. it was, it, that took time and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is a really good freaking movie. With your next, I was expecting it to be like almost like a Strangers ripoff. Right, and right. Then yeah. And then it wasn't. And then it was like a whole unique story to it. And I'm like, all right. It's wild when they give you, and you know, they'll sink you with, they'll sink the hook, you know, with one um, I mean, just her holding on to the hand uh, in the hand statue, and the little camera gimmick of the of the of the, the roll. Like I'm now I'm now under under the spell of this thing. And then when <laughs> when the the relative the kid is under the the spell of it and is banging his head on the on the corner of the uh, of the bureau, um, you know that sort of. Um, you're you're now sliding down and there's no way out and and now you're we as the viewer in that kind of horror movie what would you do what do you do you know because that's that's the um you know there's so many different ways to interpret i'm a huge you know batman fan i i, I love batman and i think batman is the kind of thing that you can be interpreted what do you got what how are you going to do it let's see i'm, I'm what are you going to do yeah. and horror is that way sure what do you got what what you know how are you going to take this out um, and I think that's what always we as horror fans are always we're very optimistic about, you know, something, you know, OK, maybe the concept was good. Maybe it didn't quite stick the landing, but we're always on board for giving it a try, you know? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's my favorite part about the, the genre and like the culture around the horror film as a whole is that like even though the material's dark. Everything outside or everything outside of it's all very positive from the people who work in the space, from the people who are fans of the space. Because um, like before this was doing like more more comedy podcasting and stuff like that. Comedy is dog eat dog. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> horror is no. like, oh, well, everything's great. Like everybody's in a way, everybody. I was reading, a, a, and I forget who the, uh, you know, uh, the, the who had written the article or where, where it was, but, but basically the conceit was we love to, we love to, see other people going through this we are we are removed one level um you know we we can insert ourselves into it and and pull back you know it's funny because people will say to me how can you um how can you watch all that stuff and I, ever since i was a kid watching the universal horror movies my dad would always say just as a little 
mnemonic thing. He would say, remember, what you're seeing, if you were to go back two feet, there would be a man sitting there with a clipboard and there'd be a director and there. So when if it becomes too much, do that. And so uh, in a way, um, you know, he that mechanism allowed me to detach. But now I do everything I can to remain in the moment, to not think about that, to keep <laughs> invested in a horror movie. And that, you know, and that to me is, is the, you know, I don't do something that's going to take me, my, my second biggest issue with horror movies besides the laziness is I'm fine with whatever, whatever rules you lay out, but play by your own rules throughout the movie. Don't, don't just pull a left field lazy writing thing and somehow something happens that does not comport to the own your own rules that you set up in the movie it, it pisses me off <laughs> now which one would you put in like in that kind of category that's a, a disappointment i'm trying to think of a, of a good of a good the last there's, time i got there's some random watches i've done through like either shutter to like wherever and it's like all right let's take let's roll the dice on this you might get somewhere it's like very inconsistent but it's very focused on like gore and boobs it's like, yeah and listen they're great there's fine. You know, I do yeah. want a story at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Piranha 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally down. Uh, and that's the great thing is that it's like even even crap can be good. Yeah. I mean, what's better than a really well done crappy horror movie? You know, just don't give me a late. Don't be lazy, and you're going to try to, uh, you know. I'm gonna William, I'm gonna be William Friedkin here. No, no, you've got to, you know. There's a perfect example, The Exorcist. Take The Exorcist, beat for beat, beginning, middle, ending. That There are scenes in that movie that are so well acted and so well lit. You know, Freakin' was a documentarian. So he, he knew how to make things to convey the reality of film. And his, and his shots, the cinematography throughout The Exorcist. Now, my mother took me to see The Exorcist. <laughs> You know, my father read the book, would refuse to go see it. We were in a theater in the balcony. It was in a theater in Long Island uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on an, a matinee. No one else in the theater at that time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I loved it. Uh, and But, I mean, that, that systematic, you know, that Iraq, Max von Sydow, you know, Pazuzu, you know, the little exchanges, the, the, the noise, um, the, the silence, you know, the, the, the sound up in the, in the attic, all of that, that slow build and that scene in the basement where, you know, Ellen Burstyn's trying to convince uh, Father Damien to, uh, to, to do this. And, and uh, you know, they're getting this austere light bulb light from above. And it, it just, I mean, it's, it's effing awesome, it's you know, perfection. and so- it's perfection. It literally, I mean, so it, it's can, a horror raised to high art. And and that's the, the Exorcist is again just a, a perfect movie. The acting, the direction. It's it scared the hell out of me. I saw it, and uh, my dad took me to see it at uh, AMC Andorra Eight. There used to be a movie theater in the Andorra Shopping yeah. Center, and it was they they re released it, the version you never seen, and they added the spider walk and a few other things. Yeah. But I, if you guys don't mind, if I can rant for two seconds about the please. Exorcist, I, I've I've been prattling on like a jackass. No. So please go ahead. No, the Exorcist believer. Okay, so I was, I I wasn't going to I'll, see it. I won't touch it. All right, so I wasn't going to see it just because I love The Exorcist and The Exorcist Three so much. It's just like you know what we can. I, I love those movies. So, but then the marketing got to me, 
And I'm just like, all right, you know what? F it. I'm going to see it. I'm going to go see Exorcist Believer. I have to do it. One thing I didn't like, and you, you guys don't have to comment on this. One thing I didn't like is they removed th pretty much the, the, the Catholicism from it. They made I agree. it. Uh, yeah. They made uh, it uh, into uh, something. Uh, please, yeah, continue. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's like part of the thing that was scary is that this is, in The Exorcist, this is only something that they find out ultimately that this is really only something that God can deal with, you know, through the instrument of an exorcist. With this, it's like they I, they just threw everything. It, it was almost like they were trying too hard to say, just like, look, now all these other things can exercise these demons. And then the, by the time the priest comes in, it's just like it's not even relevant. And um, I mean, I, I guess I don't want to give it away. But no, I, I'll tell you because I, I saw it. I'll tell you, I, I agree 100 percent. I'll tell you why. For so many reasons. First off, um, you know. Regardless of where you you fall, you know, I was raised Roman Catholic, but Same. the the um, the scene at the end where Father Damien has brought the demon into himself, leapt out the window, mm -hmm. rolled down the stairs. He's at the bottom of the stairs, and his friend, his priest, comes over. I'm going to start tearing up talking about it. <laughs> This man has just given his life because of his devotion. He is a, in ways, he's a little lapsed as a, as a priest. Mm -hmm. But he's given his life in deference to the soul of this girl. He's at the bottom of the stairs dying as a pool of blood pours out of his head. And the priest says to him, do you, basically, do you apologize for your sins? I'm like, God. If you haven't cleared that palate with this, but to the priest, it's important that he does that. It is, it's faith, it's conviction. It's, you know, it is, it is these guys laying down their lives for the devil. There is a movie called The Devil, which you've, M. Night Shyamalan produced it. Oh yeah. Yes, he did. In the, in the, in the, in the elevator. Yep. At the end of the movie, the, in the voiceover narration, the, the guy says, I remember my, my grandmother telling me, you know, if there's if there's the devil, if there's the evil, that must mean there's the good, there's the God. And so whether you believe or not, as a predicate for the exorcist and um, exorcist three legion, which is brilliant. Yes. Uh, That's the, I mean, the true yeah. sequel, right? Uh, and I, I, oh my God, I never talk in movie theaters. I have maximum reference, reverence. Exorcist Two: The Heretic, John <laughs> Borman, who directed arguably one of the masterpieces of all time, Deliverance. I'm watching this movie as a massive Exorcist fan. I could not believe what I was watching. It's one of those, I was so furious that I started commenting on the film and, and <laughs> the audience appreciated it because everyone knew you, you would have been more likely to sort of wonder if the Hindenburg disaster, if you're witnessing that, if that was good or bad, then you were, it was so resolute that the heretic was a piece of crap that everyone was like, what do we do? How, how do yeah. we free ourselves of this hell? And, and um, you know, uh, that was just terrible. But I agree, Eddie, a, a, a thousand percent. That's something, you can't extract that from... Um, from the exorcist and to do so is is stupid 
Um, in if you ever saw the um, uh, wreck uh, record, you know the the original, which was remade uh, into Quarantine. Um, there in that they're trying to distill what happens to the body after somebody is possessed is possessed. Mm -hmm. And so they do like what Richard Matheson did in I Am Legend, which is sort of use science to explain how someone becomes a vampire. And, but they still kept that evil, you know, you want to believe in evil. I mean, <laughs> what's more evil than evil for crying out loud? When, uh, when, when he's that last sequence in a uh, legion where they're in the, the prison cell and, uh, um, Billy, uh, Bibbit, um, having a, a brain fart on the actor uh, is there. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's talking about, um, you know, what he's done and evil and how, you know, uh, and how the, 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 uh, the priests are, were fools and how, you know, George E. Scott's character is, uh, um, you know, uh, explaining, you know, the, the, the battle for, you know, good and bad and all that stuff. It's just, it's riveting. Uh, and that, and by the way, it, to me, to do a bait and switch with Ellen Burstyn in, 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 uh, in that movie was just was crap. I mean, it was it was in believer a really cynical deal. Do you agree with that? But yes, absolutely. No, that that yeah. was and and Joe, I know that that was something you were you were worried about. It's just like I know this thing. like kind of it was going to be a gratuitous. It's like okay, yeah. we know it's Ellen Burstyn, and you know we know like I, I agree totally with you, Steve. It, it, but, it was completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm sorry, Joe, uh, go ahead. I was just saying, like, with regards to The Exorcist, that's why I haven't watched Believer. It's like, one, I don't think I'm the target audience where it looked like it was kind of a rushed together thing. Probably meant for, like, I don't know, people like my niece's age, like, but. Yeah. yeah it's, I didn't, I was like, I'm not touching this. I don't like <laughs> the way that these reboots have been done. Like, the new Halloween trilogy, I'm not too crazy about. Listen, I love. This Exorcist is going to be a trilogy kind of scares me. And then that Texas Chainsaw that went into Netflix was crap. Boy, howdy. That was bad. crap. <laughs> uh, so, so again, you talk about the, the exorcist, uh, Annie. They're, they're seen with Karis and Damien on the steps. It's in the extended version. They make it a little bit longer. Yes. And any and, and he, and he, and he scene, why, why this girl? Why, you know, uh, uh, and, and what is the essence of evil, you know? And then Damien is down on, on sitting on the bench, you know, at the bottom of the steps and Ellen Burstyn, you know, she comes in and, and she says, is my, is my daughter going to die? And, and <laughs> it gets me every time, yeah. but the, the, the priests are there, you know, when, when he, when, mm -hmm. when Damien's trying to use psych psychology and, you know, Karis knows this is psycho. He knows it's a trick. He knows the devil. He goes, I want to let you know all the way, all the different personalities that have manifested. And he goes, there's only one. There's only one. He met him. He met him in Iraq. He knows He knows what it is. He knows exactly what he's dealing with. And he knows about it because what he learned through his faith and through all of that, you strip that from this, from this material and it just makes, it makes it a parody. And it's very, you gotta go a long way. I'm not gonna say it's, it's Sully's, The Exorcist, but <laughs> you don't need to, I would recommend don't for anybody who was watching this, don't, you know, don't go anywhere near it. If you're, if you're a fan, it, it sucks. It's horrible. Yeah. Now, if you want to see Linda Blair do a parody of herself, you can watch repossessed with her and <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, 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 those, again, you, you want that, um, 
sometimes they'll dip in. I'll tell you one that did it pretty well. Um, the 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 recent Evil Dead movie. Um, Actually, yeah, uh, Evil Dead Rise, the the one that came Evil out last Dead year. Evil Dead Rise. Yes. So here you go. Um, take this, and I'm like, okay, let's see, what we got the mother as a possessed demon and they didn't hold back man i thought uh, you know i thought okay they're going to they're going to they're going to skimp on some of this they went full bore i'm not going to say like i'm a, i'm a fan to me it'll always be the original evil dead when i saw that movie in the theaters it thundered like i could not believe and i get the the humor there is inherent humor like in, in in Terrifier, when you're watching this just carnage and this <laughs> insane clown, there's the, the the little pale girl in the second movie who's they're sitting in this laundromat and this bile pours out of her body and it's <laughs> there's your humor. Uh, in Evil Dead Two, they amped it, and I don't think I think it's a pale you know version of Evil Dead. And then Army of Darkness, okay, when I was committed to, okay, we're going to go in the comedic way and I'll buy on board this, but it's yeah. not, to me, it's not the evil dead that I loved initially. So this is the new way we're going and that's okay. Um, but this one was back to hardcore, the first one, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and I mean, I, I, I thought it was solid and I, it got better the second time I saw it. First time I was like, okay. And then the second time I was like, all right. Yeah, Same this here. is this deserves its position in this in top tier Evil Dead. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm yeah. big big Evil Dead fan, and, and uh, me and Joe, I think, are Joey. You would agree that oh, the yeah. ori the original is what we saw. Like that's what we saw on VHS when we used to watch you know movies in the basement. It was the, the original Evil Dead, I mean, and there's not there wasn't anything like it it's it's like what, what did we just no, watch the whole the whole the, her, the 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 girl that he had just given this little piece of jewelry to bruce campbell sitting in the doorway cackling laughing you know this and and again the cheapness made it work the hand you know camera on a piece of wood being <laughs> run through the forest and the and the and the shots and then and in um you know, in Tennessee, there's actually, there's a couple of websites. There's a guy who's like a, a punk rocker who horrors, hallowed horror places or whatever. And he goes to the sites of these horror movies and he went to that, where that house was and that, you know, the bridge and all that stuff. And I mean, because it was that, because it was low rent, it sold it. It made it, uh, you know, the, the branches, the whole thing, her staring in the window as they're doing the, you know, the the mind, you know, can you guess what card it is? Or the the playing of the audio on the reel-to-reel, -reel, oh, yes. you know, as he's describing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, what was, I mean, I remember the thing that got me into seeing it was Stephen King had they'd sent him somehow, Ramey had gotten a copy to him. He saw it and he said it was the most savage horror film he had seen in years and, and i'm like well man if king is digging it that much and uh he was right i mean it, it, it's i think i watch it every every halloween i mean it, it's yeah, it's a yeah. must you have to i mean just the whole third act of ash just getting wrecked <laughs> and, and think of the brilliance of it so yeah. since two is basically the remake with the bigger budget yeah and i love sam raimi i think he's brilliant 
But I, to me, it was like, no, no, no. I, I, I don't know how you guys feel in general about comedy in your horror. How, how do you, how do you feel about that? It has to be designated as like a horror comedy. I don't like it when you're trying to add it in, in like dialogue, and it's just not. Let's just don't do that. If you don't I have agree. The, the elements in place for a comedy, don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was. There are parts of Terrifier and Terrifier Two where I'm, I'm lap, I'm giddy because I'm so happy at what I'm seeing. Because I, you know, somebody said, "Eff it." We're going. We're going to do it. We're going to do it right. And and uh, and uh, you know, for us, for we horror fans, mm -hmm. and it can be subtle. It can be Robert Wise's The Haunting, where you never even see anything. It's just sound. Where you just go, yes, you know, uh, uh, you know, and that's that's just just commit to it. And again, um, you know, when you when you know. To you, something as hackneyed as you know it when you know it. And, and you guys know, you know when you know a movie is, is hitting the mark, when a horror story is hitting the marks. And then for me, like in Robert Weiss's The Haunting, I don't know if you've seen the original. Uh, there's a perfect example. Compare it to the remake with Liam Neeson, which is walls exploding and doors becoming alive and, and, and all this crap and bedposts, you know, molesting. Yeah. And it's like the first one is far more terrifying where uh, the, the the first psychic to the house is there. She arrives early and, and the housekeeper, you know, she says, well, if I, if I need you during the night, how do I, how do I ring you? And, and the woman goes, Oh, I, I don't stay here at night. I, like it, this kind of delivery, no one stays here at night. You'll be here. I mean, if that doesn't blow your, if that doesn't blow your spine out of your back, you know, that's what you want. Oh, yeah. And that was interesting. Like when the Haunting remake came out, it came around at the same time as the House on, House on Haunted Hill. Was, yeah, oh, the yeah. House on Haunted Hill remake right. came out. The, they all came out around the same time. I was like, I don't, what's the timeline between the originals? But I, I tell know, you what. Anything Vincent Price in it, I usually go for. And like, Oh, the original House on Haunted Hill is phenomenal. The remake is not bad. Not bad at all. It's not bad at all. They give it its proper... Now, there's one thing at the end where freshly oh. minted ghost Chris Kattan is like, I'll help you. Um, you know, but I'm like, um, okay, but you didn't, you've done so much right up to now that I'm going to let you pass on this, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, uh, that's uh, the original House on Haunted Hill um, was, uh, was so well done. Vincent Price is sneering and repugnant and awesome. And, uh, you know, it has, I think, one of the great jump scares in all horror movie dumb. You, you know what I'm talking about, guys? The uh, In that movie where she is tapping on the wall, mm. looking for the door, and she turns around, and there's that boom. <laughs> the crone housekeeper, you know, just right there. I mean, at no for someone who has never seen it, it will blow you out of your seat. Uh, it's just perfectly done. Yeah. So, Steve, yeah. to take it from, I guess, the, the Halloween season, all the great horror that we just spoke about, one of the things I was curious about with you, because I know you appreciate cinema more than most, you know, like, so, yeah. so I have to rely on you for more <laughs> picks 
for the cold weather season because it's something that I've struggled with for many years and I don't realize it until it's actually here and we actually do get snow and it's like man I want to watch like a good a good winter horror winter movie horror. and and nothing Eddie, as it turns out I've put together a list for you yes <laughs> thank you now you probably have seen some of these some of these you may not have seen and some of them broach horror science fiction uh but listen and I'm sure you've seen it but if you're talking Cold weather, horror, um, and me. You know, I, I make a. There, are, there are certain things that have to be that are intrinsic to straight up science fiction, and when it's horror science fiction, I tend to classify it as horror. Um, okay. You know, and so, um, all right. So we're gonna go with the original, not the original, the 1982, The Thing. Thing. Yes. Uh, John Carpenter, obviously, Kurt Russell, McCready, Wilfred Brimley, Doctor Blair, Keith, uh, David Childs. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, from the original uh, uh, Campbell story, uh, John uh, W. Campbell, who goes there. If you're talking about what the cold, what the snow, what the isolation, with that that feeling, that movie is so staggering. I saw it when it first came out. There was a theater that had been split in two, so that the balcony was its own separate theater. It was like the, the perfect movie theater because of the natural. You know, it declines almost like a straight. Before IMAX was IMAX, you mm -hmm. had every seat in the house was a great seat, and and um, and that movie with uh, a Rob Bottin's physical effects that still like if you want to listen to Guillermo del Toro talk about his love of John Carpenter's The Thing, and they're pulling off this this stuff that I mean Rob Bottin had a had a mental breakdown from pulling off those effects, but. You know that 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 line. You've got to be effing kidding me! Is how we 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 all felt as we watched that. And Kurt Russell is just is just the bad. I mean, coming off Snake Plissken and then that, it's it's uh, you know, who who could have done it better? My next recommendation is the thing from Another World, yes, nineteen fifty one, the original. Kenneth Toby, James Arness is the thing. Uh, director Christian Nyby, but the most important element, the producer and scriptwriter Howard Hawks, who is one of the, was one of the best dialogue writers ever. If you want to talk about that slow build, if you want to talk about overlapping dialogue, there's the scene where they they uh, it's in the North Pole. Same story, different. Not the shapeshifter of the of the John W. Campbell story, but interesting. It is one of the classic scenes in all moviedom where they find this thing, um, this thing under the ice and um, the scientists and the military guy says, okay, fan out and stand at the edge of whatever you can see. And they do it and it's a circle. It's a flying saucer. And, and um, then this, so basically, you know, they always say, well, it's about a basically, a, you know, a killer carrot. Well, this is a, uh, James Arness is the thing and they, the way we approach vegetables on this thing's planet, they approach us as food, blood. <laughs> it's a you know, space vampire. And you guys, have you guys both seen it? I, I have, thanks to, you ready? A callback to an earlier part in the episode here, Tubi. So my, oh, there you go. My dad had it on beta years ago, but I never watched it. But I finally, I got sick, uh, yeah. as everybody did, I think, this year. <laughs> And, yeah. and it was on. It was on Tubi, and I'm like, finally, I'm gonna get to what watch did you this. Think? I absolutely loved it. 
Joe, if you haven't seen it, so so it it is, and and I think um, Eddie, you'll agree, it, it's smart. It's smartly done. They nothing is done that seems stupid or their 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 progression. And there is a scene involving pyrotechnics when and there this thing comes to the door. There there, the power's been shut off. They're in an Arctic research facility. Um, they're losing heat. They're trying to figure out what the hell to do with this thing, and they decide, well, what if we set it on fire? It comes to the door. They set this stuntman on fire. I think it's the longest I've ever seen anyone in a burn suit, and he's on fire, and they he literally, physically, whatever they put on his hands, he slices a mattress that sets on fire because he's so bathed in Zell gel or whatever the hell they were using, and then he you know jumps through the window, and it's one continuous take. It's unbelievable. Um, so that is that is a, a another one that you know is you have the companion. My uh, next selection, Eddie yes, and Joe, Dead Snow, okay. two thousand nine. Are you guys familiar? I am not. No, I don't think a, I saw that one. Okay, a Norwegian movie. Okay, medical students on vacation in uh, an Arctic um, sort of mountain area, very rural. They discover. <laughs> that a horde of zombies who were put, I won't go too specifically into it, a battalion is now existing as zombified Nazis in the woods <laughs> doing all those things that Nazis do. Now this is presented as a horror comedy, but it is a okay. visceral, gory, insane, over the top where you're just like, man, thanks for going for it. It has one of the great, outhouse kills in movie history <laughs> and and the zombies the nazi zombies are terrific i mean so there's horror in it hardcore horror and isolation and desperation and one of those movies that makes you chuckle because it's like oh this is perfectly outlandish and i love it um dead snow so dead snow 2009 here's one Hammer films. I'm sure you guys love Hammer films. Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee and uh, uh, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed and uh, um, uh, Horror of Dracula, Taste the Blood of Dracula. They did an earlier black and white movie called The Abominable Snowman of the Himalayas, 1957. Black and white horror film uh, directed by Val Guest, who was one of the big Hammer directors. Peter Cushing, Boris Tucker, Black and white, they go to the Himalayas. One group of these two, this collection of, of guys, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Cushing is interested in exploring the area, the, the what's vegetation, animal life. Forrest Tucker is, you know, they find out the legend of the Yeti. He wants to capture a living Yeti. So you think, oh, okay, is this going to be a Harry and the Hendersons kind of a, uh, you know, legend of Boggy Creek kind of mm -hmm. thing? They take it in a way you would not anticipate. It is a very heady brainy like so what if they're out there and they realize this thing these things that they're hunting might be able to get into their minds and convince them of things uh and that becomes a what is this real is this not real and it has one of the then they they very smartly don't reveal a lot of how they look until the end and uh i think you'll dig it if you're ready for something that is uh, taking something that you'd anticipate being one, just a straight up monster movie and twists it, but it's cold, it's snow, it's you know footprints in the snow and tracks and all that stuff. So, right. so, so that's another one. And I, I have just a couple more. Oh, let hell the yeah. right one in. Two thousand. Really? Yeah. I I've not I, I I've not seen that one. 
yet. Swedish, I will tell you right now, one of the greatest vampire movies ever made. It is because it takes all that stuff we've heard about in, in vampire legend and lore. Um, so the story is Oscar is this bullied kid. It takes place in Sweden in school. He lives in this condo complex. He meets this little girl out at night. It's, it's snow. It's, I mean, the cinematography is beautiful. It's cold. It's everyone's bundled up. There's this little girl who's out just wearing, you know, pajama bottoms and a, and a shirt um, and bare feet. And she's on the, the gym set out in the snow. And that's like the first tip off. And um, what we come to know is and, and realize is that she's a vampire. She's a, a little girl who's been a vampire who's a, would ostensibly be Oscar's age, probably 12. Um, and uh, she has, they moved into the, the complex recently and she has this guy, Hawken, I think is his name. And this guy, you begin to learn the relationship. He's very paternal uh, with her, but he is securing blood for her. So he's killing mm. people to feed her. Um, he happens to get caught in the commission of a crime. And, and so he is, can't do that anymore. So, but there, there's a, I don't want to give too much away because I want you to experience sure. how, how cool it is. It's, it's dubbed, but I mean, it is, it was remade. Matt Reeves re remade it. Um, Let me in, which is a really solid version, but the original one is so good uh, because, um, for example, the little girl comes to the door. He's in this, uh, Oscar's in this little basement room that they hang out in. And she says, you, you have to invite me in. And he goes, no, he's being like a petulant, you know, <laughs> boy, no. Yeah. And so she comes in, okay. And as she comes in, she's talking. And as she's starting to talk, blood starts coming out of her eyes and blood is coming out of her ears. And, and he goes, okay, okay, I invite you in. <laughs> I've never seen a scene like that in a movie and it's so cool but what it also has a pool sequence at the end that is one of the greatest scenes in horror and um there is a tragic bittersweet end to the movie that makes you realize that the cycle that you see in the beginning is a cycle that will continue Mm. and I'll, I'll leave it there so okay. again all right. yeah but that's and a good cold one, weather and the last final good cold weather movie. Have you ever seen Troll Hunter? Oh, I, I haven't. Oh. I want to. I don't to, know why I I'm hanging in Norway and Sweden, but they, they, I, yeah. figured I, I tried to grab things that you may not have seen already. I keep forgetting about that. No, I, I've come across it and I still haven't watched it. Again, Troll Hunter. It's, it's a mockumentary. Uh, it is a, uh, yes. it has humor in it, but it is. I sat and watched this thing and like, holy Jesus, this is awesome. Basically, these uh, a research team in Norway. They meet a guy who claims to be a troll hunter, uh, and they're like, okay, well, they're going to go along with it. They're 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 filming. Let's see what he's got. But we're not talking under the couch trolls. We're talking five story tall trolls. We're talking in the woods, out in you know the the hinterlands, um, and the methodology of hunting them, the um, held handheld camera documentary. You're watching this footage thing how you hatch or kill a troll, um, how a troll can be bigger than you might've thought a troll was <laughs> in the horizon when it gets closer to you. Um, it's really cool. It's cold, it's outside, it's snow, it's 
um, really on a limited budget, really good effects. Uh, and it's, it's troll hunters. So I would, troll I would hunters. absolutely recommend that one. Very cool. Okay. So, so I gave you a few, you know, uh, and again, I, if you have not seen, uh, let the right one in, take that out for a spin, man. <laughs> You'll really absolutely. dig it. Absolutely. No, no. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that's why I was asking. Cause I, it's like, like, it's easy. It's easy to say like, John Carpenter's the thing. Like, if if you're a horror fan and you're not watching that in the winter, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> you're you're lying about being a, a horror fan. But like, and um, the, the Shining is like one of the greatest movies of all time. So it's like it goes without saying. So that's why yeah. I, I I love this. No, I I so the thing, the original thing, right? Uh, Dead Snow, the, right? The Abominable Snowman of the Himalayas. 1957. Watch it. And I'd be curious. You guys get back to me and let me know what you think. Yeah, I think yeah. you'll dig it. Yeah. I will. Troll Hunter. Uh, let, let the right one in and Troll Hunter. Yeah. So I, the, 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 this is perfect. This this gives me so, homework. Uh, uh, to let do me rank them your, your system, Eddie, here. Let me give you your system here. So we're going to go. Um, the Thing. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Friday night movie. No problem. The Thing from Another World. Friday yeah. night movie. Dead Snow. Friday night. The Abominable Snowman in the Himalayas. Maybe Saturday night. Ooh. Let the right one in Saturday night. Um, Troll Hunter Friday night would be fine. So you know whether you're looking for fun or like a wow, I'm a little disturbed by that. So I, I hope I delineated <laughs> properly for you. No, that that's perfect. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so so something. What? Oh, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I was gonna say. I'll tell you what. Might get into my like regular winter rotation, depending on how it ends. Not a movie, but this season of True Detective Night, like Night Country. I've been hearing I've been hearing things about it, and I've been hearing we uh, like polarizing things. Are you got you guys recommending it? I I'm loving it. So I mean, it's been creepy. It's dark. I'm like, so, where is this thing gonna go? Joe, I like that. I, I'm I'm glad you brought it up. I I, I wasn't gonna go there. So uh, the cinematography's cool. The setting is cool. Like the tone. It's everything that I love. I'm actually struggling a little bit with the acting. And really? And with Jodie Foster? Foster? Yes. I get the one woman who's more newer to acting, you know, she's kind of, you know, I could see she's, she's a little not as strong as the rest of the cast, but the rest of the cast really good. It's so I, I enjoyed the first season, you know, that we, we are, we are living in a time where there's such a glut of, Oh yeah. Of wonderful stuff. Like I, I, I don't know if you guys have watched the series from. Um, it's Harold Piranu, uh, you Not know, yet. who is uh, on uh, uh, Lost and was in the uh, Matrix movies. Um, and, and some again, Stephen King, and, uh, and again, though King's has got a little tarnished, you know, from uh, whatever. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, I will say this is that um, a lot of the people I respect horror wise have signed on to it and um but but i you know this it's it was on epics i think it's on mgm now whatever it is and and uh, you can find it it's uh, two seasons up already it's from the lost folks some of them i remember asking harold pierno i said i need you to swear to god <laughs> <laughs> that you know this has a lucid ending <laughs> and he and he starts laughing he goes i know i know didn't you I guys know. host a big finale party? We for we Lost? were when watching something collectively was something yeah. that was doable. Yeah, we did. 
And when I we got to the end of it, lost, and mind you, it was years of great television viewing and I loved yeah. it. But when you get to the end of it and you realize that um, Dharma was, need never have existed, that um, all of the things, these large statues with four toes and time traveling, you know, and, and, like, and, and, and despite their constant assertion that it wasn't purgatory, it was purgatory. And, and, and you know, all you needed to do, and I said this, I said this on air, stick a guy in a silver latex suit and put fake alien antenna on him, set him in a cave and said, we're from, you know, Alpha 4, and this is a big lab experiment. That to me would have been a more oh, fulfilling experience. And it's exactly because they painted themselves into a corner. It's like Twin Peaks. I love Twin Peaks. And then it became really clear, like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And then they made Firewalk with me, the movie that kind of tried to wrap it up and they did okay. But from is from on a horror level, guys. From. Okay. I mean visceral, wild. Creepy. The, the conceit is this: family riding in an RV, they driving. You know, they they come across a, a, a down tree in the road. They get out. They look up. There's a flock of crows overhead. They get they they ride around, and they keep passing through the same town. They're like trying to, like, what? Do, how do we get the hell out of here? And Harold Perrineau is the sheriff in this town, and he does a smart thing. He says he could tell them that they're not ever going to leave because of this thing, this dynamic that gets explained in the series, but he has to just let them spend the better part of the day realizing that there's no way out. And the one thing they have to do is by nightfall, they have to get inside. There, there is a protective talisman in certain, which they, they, they go into it, but they, these creatures come out at night and these creatures will look to you like somebody you may know or love or just a, a regular person but they come out and think of a cat playing with its food and that's what they do. And, um, and I'll leave it there. But, <laughs> but I mean, so it, if you, you know, if you're looking for something that's real, that's got some real teeth to it, as far as horror goes, yeah. well, definitely. But I, I'm, I'll check in, I'll check in on, on the, because, you know, people are split, but if it's, if, if they, do you feel it will follow through with the otherworldly stuff? Is it actually going to make that leap or is it going to, Resolve country, with the, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, there's just there. It's not. It's it's pretty much all set that there's some kind of supernatural element. All right, cool. Involved. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm. It's, it's it's cold out, and I'm game, uh, Joe. I'm going to yeah. see it through. I'm absolutely going to see there, it through. There's something about that. The cold. The the you know again the the. Um, whether it be the blood or the or the uh, the, the desperation, or you've got to get inside. You're fighting multiple things. You're fighting the elements. You're fighting the, uh, you know, all that. Uh, you know, all that stuff is um, is cool. I agree. I love. I mean, in the in the uh, the, the thing from another world, those you know, when they're on base and there's you know they they've carved the pathways through the snow, and it's like, you know, you're inside. You're warm. You're watching it. It's just it's just fantastic. So I will take your recommendation and check it out. All right, and then uh, if you don't mind, just because you brought it up organically, and then with respect to your time, we can wrap. I just you oh. brought up Twin Peaks, tw Twin yeah. Peaks. So I was going to do at the end of this interview, I was going to do like a name game thing, and it was all just to literally get your reaction 
like without knowing what we think about it, just your reaction to Twin Peaks. I am so curious uh, about it. I, I love Twin Peaks. I And especially when it came on television, you had not seen anything like that. I mean, from the, you know, from the piece of pie and and, and Kyle MacLachlan and, and the, the, there was so much there and David Lynch was taking you on a, on a, on a, on a journey and Sherilyn Fenn looking like, you know, Betty Page high school hot and, you know, all of that. And this, all of this, all of this stuff, uh, you know, the imagery, the, it was just terrific. The, uh, the, the music, um, all of it was great. And then though, I, I think you guys probably had that same realization like, Oh no, they don't know what they're, they, they had no plan. And, uh, and, and so fire walk with me is actually a good, it gives predicate for a lot of what you see in the series. So uh, yeah. it is as a good wrap up. I, I, I'll, again, I'll say I enjoyed it the same way I say about lost. You gave me a lot of fun watching. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred, uh, you know, in, in the realm of science fiction, Babylon five sometimes gets dismissed. Babylon 5, Michael J. Straczynski had a five-year story ahead of everything. And it was a complete story with a real wrap-up and a real ending. And 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 so I remember watching that thing just with the CGI, the CGI effects at that time. You'd not seen stuff like that on a TV series. And I'm like, this is okay. Season one, this is okay. Season two, eh, the beginning of season three, there's a, a passive little callback to something that happened in like the third episode of season one. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> and and then you realize, okay, this is this is much more, um, there's more time being put into this. So any of these things, that's why I think the limited series, that's why I think the six, seven episode, eight episode arc doesn't place this massive onus Mm-hmm. on these guys to come up with 24, you know, episodes and keep this thing going. Listen, I love Supernatural when it first came on. Yeah. Monster of the Week. That's fine. That's fine. Give me that. And then it got much more elaborate. Oh, this is awesome. And then when it was supposed to end like season six, mm-hmm. well, the ratings were so good, they just kept going. And when <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, he's dead. But if we can find... The Stone of Gaborah. <laughs> it's like, well, then no one dies. You know, no, nothing yes. nothing has any impact. It's well, That's my issue with the multiverse. Eh, okay, he's dead here, but he's got a mullet on Earth 107, but it's basically him. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like it, you're bereft of finality in that, you know? And, and, uh, and so that's, uh, you know, that's the one thing, but... You feel like almost like you're overly pissing and moaning when I think we're in a really good time for some inventive stuff. And, and uh, that's why you guys doing this podcast is, is so awesome and that you guys are our real deal. And, uh, and you know, I appreciate you inviting me on again. I really enjoyed it. No, Steve, I mean, thank, thank you so much. And since since we last talked and we appreciate you coming back, it was in speculation you were nominated for the Radio Hall of Fame now. You are a Radio Hall of Famer, so so congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, and if you want to talk one of, about one of those things that doesn't follow its own rules, the Radio Hall of Fame defied their own laws and rules by allowing us to be in the Radio Hall of Fame. But uh, no, we it's an honor. It's amazing. It's weird to hear people that are contemporaries or people that you've long admired, um, you know, say really good things about us. Our mindset has always been that we're 
um, you know, Eddie, you know, you see people who get caught up in their own stuff and they think, you know, my ass doesn't stink and this is, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on radio. You got to realize you fall somewhere between the community affairs TV guy and the weatherman. So, you know, once you do that, radio is awesome and can be, it's fantastic. I love it. It's become my passion. But um, to have that acknowledgement and that, that deal and, uh, it's amazing. It is, it is, um, again, I will say, and not false humility. I'm still stunned that we got that, but, um, you know, it is, uh, it's an incredible thing because we, our mindset is we are in fourth or fifth place. We're a little bit higher, uh, you know, uh, but the second you roll over and don't work on it every day, then you don't deserve it because there are a lot of people would love to have, you know, this stuff and you know and we've seen a lot of careers end because people just ah, i'm here the hell with right, it right. you know and and then you're you're uh, wasting your audience's time you know you 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 owe it to your audience to try your your best and to be i mean if you were to watch me on on the youtube stream i'm literally <laughs> between breaks just keeping my energy up because people are <laughs> not you know we're, we're not you know we're not running a uh uh, you know, radiology center in a hospital, but we're, our our charge is to get people happy and up, no matter what they're going through. And uh, you know, that's it's something you don't take lightly. So, uh, but it was a thrill, and you're very kind to bring it up. And uh, we don't know how it happened, but we're glad it did. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was very very much a, a thrill. So thanks, thank you, you're kind to bring that up. Thank you, Steve. I, Joe, I guess I'll give you the final word, brother. Sorry. Well, I was just thinking, I'm like, if everybody, like, when they run into Preston and Steve, they, like, they have to like, try and, like, one up. I've been listening to you since DRE. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to skip yeah. Y100, you know. It's like, oh, they, they, so, those, and then, uh, you know, since I was a zygote, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, that's why. I mean, the fact that, stop and think about it. Someone's taken, they take their mornings or the podcast and they take the time, uh, you know, I, the standing rule on our show is if you are actively performing a tracheotomy on a loved one and someone comes over and wants to say hi and take a picture, you do it yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they, they, our audience is, uh, you know, they, my wife and I have a livelihood and a, and a life in Philadelphia because of the people who listen to the show and people who support the show and support the charities and and are nothing but kind and supportive, and uh, that familial thing is not lost on us, um, you know. And it's uh, it it is uh, beyond humbling. I mean, it really it 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 it, it is an emotional thing I, I, because that someone that anybody would do that it, it means a lot. And I I, I don't want to be hyperbolic about it, but I think you kind of have to be because. Claire and I, my wife, I mean, everything is, is based on this, you know, and, and it's, it's, um, you know, uh, it's just wonderful. That's why this and doing stuff like this and doing podcasts and doing geeking out and going to monster cons and going around and, you know, and saying hi to people. And, and, you know, that's you, you to be invested in the community. Well, and radio kind of allows you to do that, you know, yeah. you know, you, uh, um, where you can be actively, a part of the area you're living in, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's weird sounding, but it's true. You know, you can, sure. you, there, there is a selective 
there is a um, a mitigated celebrity, uh, you know that that is is part of it, and and um, and so that's wonderful. But you uh, people go, oh, you're just hanging out, yeah. You know, it, that's, that's the biggest joy is is having a real life and being able to do that as well. It's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, just so awesome of you to give us your time to join my, us here. My pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. You guys do really good stuff, so I I, I really appreciate it. Thanks. And hopefully we can get you back during the best time of the year. So. Oh October. yeah. I tell you what, the next time you do that, I, I have a setup here. If I, if I, if I knew before I could actually call up uh, on my screen, I have a, you can see my, my setup here, my, uh, well, here, I, I forgot oh, yeah. to tell you, let me, uh, I got my, my earpiece in here, but let's see if you recognize this little. Uh, the blob. Noel, it's from the thing, John Carpenter's. Thing. Holy crap. Perhaps if I held it like this. <laughs> right. Okay. So, right? So, yes. the, the heated coil, right? <laughs> and then the thing leaps up out of the Petri dish. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, that's what kind of, I mean. <laughs> so, I next, next time, next time we do this, I will actually be, so, so my wife and I recently moved. Um, it's the first time we've been out of one zip code in our entire lives. So, okay. so we're in a different, so the next time I will have a little studio, I'll actually have an on air light and maybe some stuff. I don't, I don't know, but some movie posters or something, something a little yeah, better well, than a wall. <laughs> well, here, I don't know, let, me t t let me ask you guys. Can you see, cause I, I'm doing, I'll do some scene switching here. I don't know. Can you see that? Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. So I can do all sorts of stuff here. So I can, here's some of my, um, that's a, um, a variation uh, Iron Man, uh, starting at the right, the and then Hulk going Buster across. There. Another Iron Man. We got the Hulkbuster. Let me see if I can uh, adjust here. I got my um, uh, Godzilla poorly lit. The Hulkbuster. We got the Daredevil. Um, that's kind of there. That's the twenty fourteen anyway. Godzilla, the good one. Love that. Yeah. Guy. So listen, that that I I love that. Uh, you want uh, and to talk about the kind of. Um, you know, I, I stuff that just, <laughs> I'll get, my wife will look at me like, are you really cheering up over this? At the end of that one, when uh, Godzilla gets up and is walking across and everyone's in the stadium and the Chiron on the TV says, Godzilla, savior of our city, question mark? Like, he did. He saved your asses. And he don't did. you forget it. It's just <laughs> awesome. <so. laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, I appreciate it. And, uh, and, and thanks. I'm, I'm back anytime you want me. I, I really have a great time. Thank you, Thank Steve, you so very much. much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.